Section 29 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. The Third Night of the Month. When it was supper-time, the king sought the sitting-chamber, and summoning the wazir, sought of him the story he had promised him. And the minister said, They tell, O king, the tale of the king who kenned the quintessence of things. There came to a king of the kings in his old age a son, who grew up comely, quick-mitted, clever, and when he reached years of discretion and became a young man, his father said to him, Take this realm and rule it in lieu of me, for I desire to flee from the sin of sovereignty to Allah the Most High, and don the woolen dress and devote all my time to devotion. Quoth the prince, And I am another who desireth to take refuge with the Almighty. So the king said, Arise, let us flee forth and make for the mountains and there worship in shame before God the Most Great. Accordingly, the twain gat them gear of wool and clothing themselves therewith, fared forth and wandered in the wolds and wastes. But when some days had passed over them, both became weak for hunger, and repented them of that they had done, when its penitence profited them not. And the prince complained to his father of weariness and hunger cried the king, Dear my son, I did with thee that which behooved me, but thou wouldst not hearken to me, and now there is no means of returning to thy former estate, for that another hath taken the kingdom and defendeth it from all foes. But indeed I will counsel thee of somewhat, wherein do thou pleasure me by compliance. The prince asked, What is it? And his father answered, Take me, and go with me to the market street, and sell me, and receive my price, and do with it whatso thou willest, and I shall become the property of one who shall provide for my wants. The prince inquired, Who will buy thee of me, seeing thou art a very old man? Nay, do thou rather sell me, inasmuch as the demand for me will be more. But the king replied, And thou wert king, thou wouldst require service of me. Accordingly, the youth obeyed his father's bidding, and taking him, carried him to the slave dealer and said, Sell me this old man. Said the dealer, Who will buy this white, and he a son of eighty years? Then quoth he to the king, In what crafts art thou cunning? And quoth he, I ken the quintessence of jewels, and I ken the quintessence of horses, and I ken the quintessence of men. Brief, I ken the quintessence of all things. So the slave dealer took him and went about, offering him for sale to the folk, but none would buy. Presently up came the chef of the sultan's kitchen, and asked, What is this man? And the dealer answered, 
this be a Mameluke for sale? The Kitchener marvelled at this and bought the king, after questioning him of what he could do, for ten thousand dirhams. Then he weighed out the money and carried him to his house, but dared not employ him in aught of service, so he appointed him an allowance, a modicum sufficient for his maintenance, and repented him of having bored him, saying, What shall I do with the like of this white? Presently the king of the city was minded to go forth to his garden, a pleasuring, and bade the cook precede him, and appoint in his stead one who should dress the royal meat, so that when he returned he might find the meal ready. The chef fell to thinking of whom he should appoint, and was perplexed concerning his affair. As he was thus, the sheikh came to him, and seeing him distraught as to how he should do, said to him, Tell me what is in thy mind. Haply I may bring thee relief. So he acquainted him with the king's wishes, and he said, Have no care for this, but leave me one of the serving men, and do thou go accompanying thy lord in peace and surety, for I will suffice thee of this. Hereat the cook departed with the king, after he had brought the old man what he needed, and left him a man of the guards. And when he was gone, the sheikh bade the trooper wash the kitchen battery, and made ready food exceedingly fine. When the king returned, he set the meat before him, and he tasted dishes whose like he had never savoured, whereat he was startled and asked who had dressed it. Accordingly, they acquainted him with the sheikh's case, and he summoned him to his presence, and asking him anent the mystery, increased his allowance of rations. Moreover, he bade that they should cook together, he and the kitchener, and the old man obeyed his bidding. Some time after this, there came two merchants to the king with two pearls of price, and each of them declared that his pearl was worth a thousand dinars, but the folk was incompetent to value them. Then said the cook, Allah prosper the king! Verily, the sheikh whom I bought affirmed that he knew the quintessence of jewels, and that he was skilled in cookery. We have tried him in his cuisine, and have found him the most knowing of men. And now, if we send after him and prove him on jewels, his second claim will be made manifest to us, whether true or false. So the king bade fetch the sheikh, and he came and stood before the sultan, who showed him the two pearls. Quoth he, now for this one, tis worth a thousand dinars. And quoth the king, so saith its owner. But for this other, continued the old man, tis worth only five hundred. The people laughed and admired his saying, and the merchant, who owned the second pearl, asked him, How can this, which is bigger of bulk, and worthier for water and writer of roundier, be less of value than that? And the old man answered, I have said what is with me. Then quoth the king to him, 
Indeed, the outer semblance thereof is like that of the other pearl. Why, then, is it worth but the half of its price? And quoth the old man, Yes, but its inward is corrupt. Asked the merchant, Hath a pearl, then, an inward and an outward? And the sheikh answered, Yea. In its interior is a teredo, a boring worm, but the other pearl is sound and secure against breakage. The merchant continued, Give us a proof of this thy knowledge, and confirm to us the truth of thy saying. And the old man rejoined, We will break it. And I prove a liar, here is my head. And if I speak sooth, thou wilt have lost thy pearl. And the merchant said, I agree to that. So they break the pearl, and it was even as the old man had declared, to wit, in the heart of it was a boring worm. The king marvelled at what he saw, and questioned him of how he came by the knowledge of this. The sheikh replied, O king, this kind of jewel is engendered in the belly of a creature called the oyster, and its origin is a drop of rain, and it resisteth the touch, and groweth not warm whilst hent in hand. So when its outer coat became tepid to my touch, I knew that it harboured some living thing, for that things of life thrive not save in heat. Therefore the king said to the cook, Increase his allowance, and the chef appointed to him fresh rations. Now, some time after this, two merchants presented themselves to the king with two horses, and one said, I ask a thousand ducats for my horse, and the other, I seek five thousand ducats for mine. Quoth the cook, we are now familiar with the old man's just judgment, what deemeth the king of fetching him? So the king bade fetch him, and when he saw the two horses, he said, This is worth a thousand, and that two thousand ducats. Quoth the folk, This horse thou misjudgest is evidently a thoroughbred, and he is younger and faster and compacter of limb and finer of head and clearer of colour and skin than the other presently adding, What assurance hast thou of the sooth of thy saying? And the old man said, This ye state is true, all true, but his sire is old, and this other is the son of a young horse. Now, when the son of an old horse standeth still a-breathing, his breath returneth not to him and his rider falleth into the hand of him who followeth after him. But the son of a young horse, and thou put him to speed, and after making him run, alight from him, thou wilt find him, by reason of his robustness, untired. Quoth the merchant, "'Tis even as the sheikh avoucheth, and he is an excellent judge. And the king said, Increase his allowance. But the sheikh stood still and did not go away. So the king asked him, Why dost thou not go about thy business? And he answered, 
My business is with the king. Said the king, Name what thou wouldst have. And the other replied, I would have thee question me of the quintessence of men, even as thou hast questioned me of the quintessence of horses. Quoth the king, We have no occasion to question thee thereof. But quoth the old man, I have occasion to acquaint thee. Say what thou wilt, rejoined the king. And the sheikh said, Verily the king is the son of a baker. Cried the king, How and whereby kennest thou that? And the sheikh replied, Know, O king, that I have examined into degrees and dignities, and have learned this. Thereupon, the king went in to his mother, and asked her anent his sire, and she told him that the king, her husband, was impotent. So, quoth she, I feared for the kingdom, lest it pass away after his death. Wherefore, I yielded my person to a young man, a baker, and conceived by him and bare a man-child. And the kingship came into the hand of my son, that is, thyself. So the king returned to the sheikh and said to him, I am indeed the son of a baker, so do thou expound to me the means whereby thou knewest me for this. Quoth the other, I knew that, hadst thou been the son of a king, thou wouldst have gifted me with things of price, such as rubies and the like, and wert thou the son of a kazi, thou hadst given largesse of a durham or two durhams. And wert thou the son of any of the merchants, thou hadst given me mutual of money. But I saw that thou bestowedst upon me naught save two bannocks of bread and other rations. Wherefore I knew thee to be the son of a baker. And quoth the king, Thou hast hit the mark. Then he gave him wealth galore, and advanced him to higher state. The tale aforesaid pleased King Sharbak, and he marvelled thereat. But the vizier said to him, This story is not stranger than that of the Richard who married his beautiful daughter to the poor sheikh. The king's mind was occupied with the promised tale, and he bade the vizier withdraw to his lodging, so he went and abode there the rest of the night and the whole of the following day. End of section 29 Recording by Jane Bennett